Well, again, happy Easter, everyone, and welcome to worship this morning. It's good to have you here. A special welcome to those who are visiting with us today. Um, You'll find uh, a red registration pad at the end of your row, and if you could please complete that and pass it on down if you have others seated with you, uh, I would appreciate that. If you have a prayer request, uh, there's a green uh, card in the pew rack in front of you that can be completed. Uh, The ushers will collect those midway through the service, and your request will be included in our prayers for today. Uh, My name is Derek Ingfeldt. I'm the pastor here at Emmanuel, and on behalf of our entire congregation, I'd like to welcome you, and again, thank you for for being here uh, for this time of celebration of our Lord's resurrection. How many of you were able to be over in the fellowship hall to enjoy our brunch this morning? Okay, some of you were over there, okay. If you missed it, I'm sorry, because it's, it's over at 11 o'clock. So unless you want to get up right now and get over there for 10 minutes, uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, Jan Jernberg and Marilyn Crail and your food crew for setting up and uh, making this happen, for all who contributed toward that, and also uh, to Judy Anton and her crew uh, who helped adorn our sanctuary this morning the fellowship hall, and the cross in the front, uh, the front courtyard there also. Uh, just a beautiful job. Thank you to all who showed up yesterday and participated in the preparations. We have several lilies up here. Um, you are welcome and encouraged to take one or more with you when you leave this morning to adorn your own house or to give it as a gift to someone. They cost us about $10 a plant. If you'd like to make a donation toward it, you can. If not, please take it anyway, okay? Because uh, they, won't, they won't last here very long. So please help yourself. Uh, one last announcement, and special, especially to those who are visiting with us, if you take a look up to your left up in the tree, our big stone pine tree, you might see... Uh, you might see in between the V there, there's a goose up in the tree, our Easter goose. Uh, looks like she's uh, lying down right now, but uh, you'll see her poke her head up. She's nesting up in that tree. This is the third year she's been with us. Uh, comes about this time every year, and probably in, in the next two weeks, we will have goslings up in that tree. Uh, they'll stay up there for about a week or so, and then they will come down and be gone. So... Uh, our Easter goose, something that makes Emmanuel special. I also wanted to uh, introduce the band uh, today, our worship team. Uh, Not often do I draw attention to them, but in a spirit of thanksgiving for their presence with us week in and week out. On the drums, we have Tony Fulgar. On the guitar, we have Stu Horton. On the bass guitar, we have Mike Day. And on the piano, oh, I'm sorry, we've got Rodney Kidd over there as a vocalist. Alyssa, you can stand up. You sometimes are part of this group. Alyssa McCoy. And the leader of the band at the piano bench is James Michael Day. So thank you all for being here. Uh, That's appropriate. You uh, You might see Mikey, the piano player, Tuesday, Tuesday at the Sharks game. He's the organist there for the Sharks. So, yeah. so he's, he's that guy. 
He's that guy. Um, good to have you all here today as we celebrate our Lord's resurrection. I invite you to stand as we begin with our Easter litany printed in your bulletin on page 2. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Alleluia. God has swallowed up death forever. This is the day of salvation. For Christ is risen. I invite you to join together with us as we sing Indescribable. congregation may be seated. I invite the children to come forward for the children's message.
Good morning, kiddos. Oh, there's a lot of you today. <laughs> Hopefully I have enough. Mm -hmm. What is today? Oh, okay. So I asked the first service kids what that means, and they didn't really know. What does that mean? Today's Easter, what does that mean? Yes, you guys are much better. You raise your hands. Don't tell first service kids. Christ has risen or something, he says. Anyone else? Yeah, we get lots of candy. That's a nice one. Yes, okay. So you're on the right track. Oh, yeah? A celebration of God's death. Interesting word choice. I like it. What, next question, what does that mean for us? Why is that special? Why are we here today? Why do we care about that? Why is there flowers everywhere and what? Ding, ding, ding. God sacrificed his life so we could live. Sermon over. You guys got it. You don't even need this. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it anyway. I have this. What's this? An egg. Anyone want to take a guess at what's inside it? The golden egg. What's inside? Stuff. Yeah? Not quarters. What? Not a necklace. Candy? What kind? <laughs> no, not quite. Anyone want to guess? Not close, but not yet. Not, not, not jelly beans. What? I had a hand over here. I'll just tell you. They're Skittles. They're wonderful Skittles. And I need um, a helper. Miss Karina, will you help me? Don't drop any. Don't spill any. Give a Skittle to each one of you, each one of my kids. Okay, don't eat it. The first service kids ate them right away, and they forgot what color they had. Don't eat them until you remember what color you have, okay? Nah. Got your color? Okay. So I found this poem that has to do with Skittles about Easter, and it, each color represents something really cool about the story of Easter, Okay. Don't, don't eat it until you memorize your color. All right, all right. So I'm going to read this, and you guys can think about it for each color that you have. Okay, ready? There's a rainbow in my hand, full of colors that are bright. They remind me of the Savior who was born on, does anyone know when Jesus was born? Yeah, but what, it has to rhyme. Christmas night. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. He left his throne in heaven to forgive the sins of man. The candy from this egg will reveal his mighty plan. The purple one, who is purple? Purple? You guys, we're supposed to remember. Who is purple? Anyone? Oh, yes, we got one. Okay. The purple one reminds me of the sin that's in my heart. It separated God from man, and it drove them both apart. Who is red? Let me see your red. Red? Anyone? Red? Yep. The red candy reminds me of the blood that Jesus lost when he went up on the hill and he died upon the cross. Who has orange? Yeah, oh, a lot of oranges. I, I wasn't nibbling on them between services. Obviously. Okay, orange. Then Sunday morning came and the stone was rolled away. By the orange light of sunrise, 
Christ arose on Easter Day. It's green. Oh, yes. You might be the only one. I think you're the only one. Do you have green, Sophia? What's your question? Sure, as long as you remember what color it was. They want to eat them. Easy for you. Okay, go ahead. You guys can eat them if you remember. Yes. Okay, green. Green. Green is the color of the new life in spring. It tells me of the new life that knowing Jesus brings. Okay, last one. Who's got yellow? Yep. Oh, lots of yellows too. Yep. Okay, here we go. Yellow is the color of the gold that lines the streets. In heaven up above, where Jesus, we will meet. The rainbow in my hand says that Jesus died for me. The Savior in my life, <laughs> the Savior in my life says that now my heart is free. Do you guys like my poem? I think that's a cute poem. Yes, he did. And we're going to talk about it today in Sunday school. Will you guys pray with me? Oh, good job, Mom. Thanks for telling Sophia that. She just said, thank my mom, she told me. Okay, will you guys pray with me? Yes, okay. First service didn't know how this works. So I say something, and then you repeat it. Got it? Okay, here we go. Oh, okay, you're a pro. Okay. Dear Jesus, thank you for doing this amazing thing. Thank you for loving us so much. Help us to love others the way you love us. Amen. Okay, before you guys go, wait, 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 wait. Before you guys go, do you see this cross right here? Do you see the basket of flowers underneath? I want each of you to take a flower and put it on the cross. And then you'll go back to your seats before we do Sunday school, okay? Decorate the cross and then go back to your seats. And I'll dismiss you for Sunday school in a little bit, okay? will be singing. Uh, at the piano this morning is Elizabeth, our organist and choir director and bell director uh, at our nine o'clock service. Uh, the song is called His Hands. It's different than what you see in the bulletin. So, His Hands. creation stronger than nations 
to death for selflessness. Clearly now I see him with his hands calling to me. Though I'm not yet as I would be, he has shown me how I could be. like those from Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing your gifts with us. As we follow in our discipleship of our Lord Jesus, um, our hands are imperfect, um, not like the hands of our Lord, as we continue to learn what it means to serve with his hands. Until that time, uh, we continue to bring our prayers to God in confession and hear the word of forgiveness. I invite you to stand as you are able as we continue. In the first epistle of John, we read, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We take some moments of silent reflection before God. And now let us join together in prayer. Gracious Lord, we confess that we have not lived as you would have us live. You have created many and various gifts and abilities in each of us, and you have called us to use those gifts for your glory and to build up your kingdom. Instead, we have used our gifts for our own glory and to build our own kingdoms. So often we have lived our lives as if you were not even there. Through our actions and inactions, we have hurt others and ourselves. Forgive our sins and empower us to live as you would have us live. Amen. Our gracious Lord has heard your confession and in Jesus' name forgives you all your sins. Through the power of forgiveness, you have been made whole again. God has freed you to use your gifts and abilities to encourage and build up one another. Amen. Please be seated. We continue with our next song.
Almighty God, through your only Son, you overcame death and opened for us the gate of everlasting life. Give us your continual help. Put good desires into our minds and bring them to full effect. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the reading of God's word for today.
morning. Our first reading from God's Word appointed for this Easter Sunday is from the book of Acts, chapter 10, beginning at verse 34. The reading begins on page 1152 of the Red Bibles. In this passage, the Apostle Peter, a witness of the resurrection, proclaims Jesus as Lord of all. God worked out his plan through his son Jesus to save his people from their sins. Listen now to the witness of the Apostle. Acts 10, 34-43. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is <clears throat> that God does not show <clears throat> excuse me, favor, favoritism. but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him, after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Here ends the first reading for today. Our next reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. The reading begins on page 1205. In the powerful conclusion to Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the apostle takes up the subject of the resurrection of Jesus. Paul states strongly that our entire faith rests on the fact of Jesus' resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But, we, but he did not raise him if, in fact, we, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Here ends our second reading. Colin, I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel today.
The Holy Gospel for this Easter Sunday, according to St. John, the 20th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and toward I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Dearly beloved of God, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. An interesting story is told of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle the creator of Sherlock Holmes. Evidently, his creative writing skills transferred over into his creativity as a practical joker. Reports are that he once carried out a very clever caper with his compatriots. It consisted of a short, simple, unsigned telegram, all in fun, sent to 12 of some of the best-known men in England. The anonymous message was the same, only six words, six scary words. All is discovered. Flee at once. That's supposed to be funny. <clears throat> you want to guess what happened? As the story goes, within 24 hours, not one of those 12 men could be found. <laughs> well, we may chuckle and chortle at this crafty prank. But the truth is, the truth that comes to light, 
the truth that is revealed in us is no laughing matter. For I would guess that most of us know what it's like to be spooked from the sins of the past, of the people we've hurt, the messes we've made, the wrongs we've done. And when we realize someone has caught wind of what has gone on, we are gone in a flash, seeking a safe place where we can hide and not be discovered. Well, this is nothing new. It stems way back to the opening chapters of the Bible, when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden seek to hide from God. But guess what? God knows. He knows all about it. He knows what you're trying to hide, and the good news is that God loves you still. Twelve famous men, we don't like to be fooled, or fooled by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. We don't like to be fooled, and we live in a skeptical age. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We're on the lookout for schemes and scams, especially on this April 1st, when even several from this congregation have warned me about something that's going to happen. Well, what it, excuse me, we are wary of overinflated promises, too quickly made by those we hardly know. We've seen the Wizard of Oz, we've looked behind the curtain, and we are not so easily duped. We know that if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And yet the magician's appeal is still real. And who among us is not drawn in by a good card trick? What is it within us that longs for it to be true? For the once upon a time to end with and they lived happily ever after, for real. Could it be that this longing is put into us by our creator, a hint of home, a sweet-smelling scent that causes us to raise our heads like bloodhounds seeking out its source, a sort of deja vu, that feeling of familiarity, except, it, except it's not the reminder of something that has already taken place, but something that's yet to come. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb early on a Sunday morning. The darkness of the prior evening has not quite given way to the dawn of the new day. And when she turns the corner and the tomb comes into view, she's taken aback by what she sees. The stone has been rolled away from the entrance. This is Mary's first look at the tomb. In a panic, she runs to where she knows the disciples will be gathered, and she shares the news. They've taken away the Lord, and we don't know where they've put him. Mary is so troubled, so perplexed, that she gets all of her pronouns mixed up. She assumes they did this, not a he or a she, and she says that we don't know where they've put him. And as far as we know, Mary alone went to the tomb, from what we read here in John chapter 20. Peter and the other disciple, having heard this news, compete in a foot race to get to the tomb. The other disciple, unnamed, gets there first. And he looks into the tomb, 
but he does not enter. From the outside, he sees the strips of linen where the body of Jesus had been. This is his first look into the tomb. Then Peter arrives, and he goes into the tomb. Along with the strips of linen, he sees the burial cloth that had wrapped the head of Jesus, folded and set apart by itself. The other disciple then also enters into the tomb. This is his second look. And as he takes another look, he now sees what he was not able to see before from the outside. He sees the burial cloth, and he believes. The disciples head back home, but Mary, who evidently had followed the disciples to the tomb again, lingers there after the disciples leave. She's weeping, and she makes her way over to the tomb and looks inside. This is now her second look, first from a distance, now up close and personal. From where she stands, she is able to see two angels in white seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They ask her why she's crying, and she gives the answer that she told the disciples. Almost. There are a few notable exceptions. They've taken away my Lord, she says, and I don't know where they've put him. Now Mary speaks only for herself. She personalizes the loss of her Lord. When I read this familiar passage again a few weeks ago, I found it surprising that Mary seems neither surprised nor impressed by these angelic figures, nor does she suspect any wrongdoing from them. I guess this surprise of the angels pales in comparison to the immense feeling of loss she had for her Lord. It's then that Mary turns around, and it's then that she sees Jesus, except that she doesn't see Jesus. She sees Jesus, but she mistakes him for the gardener. She's still distraught, and she asks her questions. Have you carried him away? Tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. She's getting warmer in her search for Jesus. In fact, she's burning hot, but she does not yet know it. She doesn't recognize Jesus because this is not where Jesus is supposed to be. Jesus says just one word. He calls her by name, Mary. Mary now takes another look. And now she recognizes him. She cries out and is overcome with emotion. Jesus bids her to go and to tell. His words empower her to do so, to leave Jesus there in the garden and to go to the disciples with a new report, a joyous report, the best news ever. I have seen the Lord, she tells them. The other disciple, he took a second look. He saw and he believed. And Mary, she too took another look. And she saw and believed. Is it time for you to take another look this morning? 
This news of the resurrection, this news of Easter, is not just a children's story. Nice for the young, but something to be outgrown and discarded as we mature and give up childish ways. Elizabeth Eaton, the presiding bishop of the ELCA, our denomination, bears witness in her Easter message. She says, the world may call us fools for believing. After all, they look around and see that nothing has changed. What effect did Jesus have on the world order? Might is still right. Wielding power seems to be all that matters. But Bishop Eaton maintains Jesus' crucifixion is the death of our death. His innocent suffering has reconciled all of creation to God. In the face of the world's declaration, we confidently confess that life wins over death, love wins over hatred, God wins over the power of evil. And if this world wants to call us fools, then we're happy to accept the title. The Apostle Peter bears witness this morning that he was one of the disciples who ate and drank with Jesus after his resurrection. And the Apostle Paul also bears witness to the resurrection of Jesus, writing to the Corinthian church that Jesus appeared to Peter, to the twelve, and then Paul says, to more than 500 people at the same time, most of whom are still alive. When I first read those words when I was a student in high school, I was most impressed by them. For what Paul is saying here is, if you don't believe me, go ask one of those guys. They saw him too. Finally, Paul bears witness that the resurrected Christ appeared to him on that Damascus road. You can read Paul's personal account in Acts chapter 9. Dearly beloved of God, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And that's the hope that you have when you take your last breath and your days on this earth come to an end. That's the hope I'm honored to speak with confidence to husbands and wives, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers at many a graveside. Jesus lives and his resurrection can give you confidence that the one who first breathed into you the blessed gift of life has the power to bless you with everlasting life in his presence. And that's no joke. Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner, better known as Sting, the former front man for the band The Police, wrote a song early in his career titled message in the bottle. In it he croons about a castaway, alone on an island. More loneliness than any man could bear. Rescue me before I fall into despair. I should have known right from the start, only hope can keep me together. So the man composes a note, puts the message in a bottle, and sends out his SOS. He's desperate. He's on the edge of despair. But then comes the unexpected but not surprising conclusion. 
walked out this morning, don't believe what I saw. A hundred billion bottles washed up on the shore. Sting later describes the song. The guy's on a desert island and throws a bottle out to sea, saying he's alone. And all these millions of bottles come back saying, so am I. A familiar story, and it's one most of us can probably identify with. But there is good news. Your blessed creator knows you, and God is so great, so full of love for you. He took upon himself our human flesh and became incarnate in Jesus of Nazareth. God's servant king poured out his life unto death and gave himself completely to his father's mission. He poured out his life for you on the cross of Calvary. And on this Easter Sunday, the power of good news is proclaimed that he lives. And this marks the end of the power of death and despair. For because he lives, you can have confidence that he walks with you today, that you are not alone. And because he lives, you can have confidence that the God who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise you when you breathe your last. And that's no joke. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Amen.
you to stand as we continue by confessing our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to Almighty God, we thank you for your gift to us on this Easter day, that this is a new birth and release from our past. Help us to accept the reality of this gift, and may, uh, may we pass it on, this gift of love, to contribute to a new world order in your image. Lord, in your mercy. We pray that you would be with those of us for whom this is a time of difficulty, Pray that you would sustain the unemployed, heal broken relationships, support those under stress, and give all a vision of life lived in your service. On this day, we especially remember before you Brad Rawlinson, Tom Kidd, and Robert Heiler. Look upon them with your mercy and grace. Lord, in your mercy... We lift before you those who grieve the loss of loved ones, including the family of Aline Roddenberg, the family of Jack Ferguson, the family of Juanita Peters, and the family of Joy Wangbickler Thomason. Lord, in your mercy. We pray that your word of hope would go forth in this world, that those who have not yet heard those who do not yet believe would hear your word and believe. Be with your missionaries, the Stones in Turkey, the Pixleys in Croatia, the Wicks in Cartagena, and the Shalhubs in the Middle East and North Africa. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray. With these spoken prayers and the silent prayers of our hearts, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Congregation may be seated as we continue with the offering.
join me in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, you open your hands and bless us with all that is good. In your mercy, you continue to provide for us our daily bread. As we bring before you a portion of what you've entrusted to our care, create in us hearts full of gratitude, <laughs> spirits full of faith, and lives full of grace. Amen. Thank you for the April Fool's joke there, Rick. <laughs> Different song words, all kinds of stuff this morning. We have it. Now we are serious as we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We join together in singing our Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as in heaven Give us today our daily bread Forgive us our sins as we forgive Those who sin against us Save us from the time of trial And deliver us from evil For the kingdom, the power beloved of God, this is the Lord's table. Jesus is the host of this meal, and all are welcome to share in this Holy Communion. Uh, we will commune by intinction uh, at this service. You will receive a wafer and may dip that into the wine or the grape juice which follows to receive both elements at the same time. I invite you to come forward at the direction of our usher this morning to receive the sacrament.
Now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you in his grace, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to stand for the close of the service. And again, thank you all for coming out to join us in our worship today. Your presence matters here, and your presence uh, increases the experience of others. So you're welcome uh, back next week, and I invite you to bring someone with you as we continue to worship our Lord. Receive now the blessing for the journey. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing song, Celebrate Jesus.
celebrate Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, everybody. Happy Easter.